Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. You know, here at the Weekly Standard Podcast, we've grown concerned that all we seem to bring you is negative news about American domestic policy, the rise of Donald Trump, the breakup of the GOP, the decline of conservative ideals. So we thought we'd change the pace a bit today by bringing you some incredibly negative foreign policy news. And when I think of awful, disastrous American foreign policy news, I think of the Weekly Standard's Lee Smith. Lee, welcome back to the podcast. That, that, that's wonderful, Michael. Thanks very much. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And with an introduction like that, uh, how can I go wrong? Uh, we have a lot to talk about regarding Iran, yeah. dollarization, Senator Tom Cotton, all that. But I want to start with this. Yeah. Did I really read that there's an effort to have a president-to-president meeting between the United States and Iran? And instead of what I assumed, some Iranians said, hey, we'd yeah. love for Obama to come here. It's the American president who wants to meet with the leader of the world's greatest terror-sponsoring regime. Do I have this rightly? Yeah, our friends and colleagues at the uh, Washington Free Beacon, Adam Credo, uh, reported this, I believe he reported this today. Uh, Yeah, I think this is not unlikely at all. I think it's quite likely. I mean, this is, you know, the president wants to go on his, uh, he's got his victory tour, which uh, includes going to places like Cuba and sitting at, watching a ball game with Raul Castro, and sure, so why wouldn't it include Hassan Rouhani, uh, meeting Rouhani? Yeah, I, 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 I believe it entirely. Uh, the I mean, part- I, 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 you know, I, I, I myself right now have no way of verifying the story, but it hardly surprises me. I don't think it should, should surprise anyone. And look, many people, uh, we might find ourselves, I wouldn't say in the minority, but there's certainly going to be a lot of people who think this will be, uh, this will be sensational if, if, if the president goes to see uh, goes to Tehran and sees Rouhani. Sure, people see that as a uh, a singular triumph of, um, of 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 diplomacy or or. or well, th- then let me ask you. The world. Then let me ask it this way: Is the best thing that has happened to Iran in whatever thirty, forty years the Obama presidency? Because I'm trying to think of any part of the regime, the murderous regime's agenda oh. and ideology that is worse off today than it was seven years ago. Everything I look at, it looks like the bad guys in Iran are better off. Am I misreading this, Lee? No, I think that's a, I think that's a very good way to put it. And I think that, look, I mean, I think the administration would, they would rephrase that, but they would say exactly the same thing. They would say, look, all of this, uh, all of this friction with Iran and this being too close to Israel and being too close to Saudi Arabia, that's not got us any further on on dealing with uh, dealing with this, um, you know, dealing with the Islamic Republic. So we need to we need to try something new. We need to open up to them, um, and and of course that that's that's how the Obama White House would talk about it. The uh, the Iranian regime, I suspect they'd put it much more closer to the way that you phrased it. That things look pretty good right now with Obama. We're getting uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of room to operate here and getting. Very little to no pushback at all. So the Iranians do a ballistic missile test that's a violation of the U.N. Uh, agreements. The uh, president of the United States and the re- administration refu- refuse to even acknowledge it. Now the Iranians want access to the American banking system, dollarizing right. uh, their business dealings between other country, you know, between the other countries and themselves. And uh, explain that issue to us, why it's important, and then where Senator Tom Cotton fits into it. Right. Um, I mean, what, what, what they want is, I mean, it just makes it, it just makes it easier to, um, it just makes it easier to conduct certain transactions. Um, and this was something, as uh, as Senator Cotton 
uh, Senator Cotton pointed out yesterday, uh, yesterday in the Senate, saying that um, Treasury said this would never happen. Treasury Department said this would never happen. The administration said this would never happen. Um, the Iranians will not have access to the dollar. Well, what the administration is doing, actually, I believe that they're they're trying to put an end around by providing uh, by making it possible for the Iranian regime to have uh, to make certain transactions, but indirectly. So instead of going straight going straight from real to the dollar, they would go something like from real to the euro to the dollar, something like that. But it's I mean, still access to the you know it's still access to the dollar. Um, so Senator Cotton. Uh, we put it in our piece today on the uh, on, on the standard website. Was that you know Senator Cotton put his foot down? There, there's actually bipartisan concern. It's not just the uh, it's not just the Republicans. It's not just Senator Cotton. Um, I, I, I quoted uh, I quoted uh, Representative Brad Sherman, I believe, in my piece last week, saying that he too is concerned about the dollarization. I, I my, my my case though is that um, is that Senator Cotton is really the one who's been most uh, I, I mean, I think he's put his foot down most seriously. I think that he's the one who's taking this most seriously right now. Well, I don't understand how we went from the administration saying absolutely not. There's no part of the Iran agreement that calls for us to allow them to have access to our financial uh, world or the financial tools of the United States. And it's not going to happen, period. And now the uh, uh, Treasury Secretary has essentially announced it's going to happen, and that's just that. And what are you going to do about it? I'm just what, what, what I'm sorry. What, what are we getting out of this? Where's the? Let's understand. Where is the well, diplomacy part of this? Normally, it's some kind of give and take. You know, we get something. Where's the upside for America, for Israel, for the Middle East out of this? Right. Uh, here's how I um, here's how I understand it. Um, that the administration, I mean, for very good reasons, the administration wants to avoid conflict. I believe that, I believe that uh, responsible American policymakers uh, uh, across the political spectrum, left and right, want to avoid, want to avoid conflict and want to avoid war. Uh, I believe that, that this is the overriding concern for this administration, overriding any sort of conflict. I believe that they're scared that if they don't let the Iranians have exactly what they want, then uh, then we will wind up in we will wind up in some sort of conflict with them. I mean, I, I, it's I, I believe it's just part of a it's just a it's just an aspect of a worldview which, of course, we're all familiar with. So I I, I mean, again, there there's no one I know. I'm sure you don't, Michael. I certainly don't uh, seek <laughs> seek conflict around the world. Certainly not for Certainly not for uh, our, our, our our country, right? Um, but I, I believe that this is the main. This is the this as well as I mean, look, we also say that the president is extremely uh, eager to uh, stamp his legacy on um, on international affairs, and he believes that the key accomplishment is the Iran deal. So he doesn't want the Iranians walking away. He doesn't want the deal crashed. He doesn't want conflict. So there's a whole bunch of things that are compelling. This administration, this White House, to make concession after concession. The concern, of course, the big concern is what is happening to the um, the fabric of America when the White House is repeatedly uh, is repeatedly not just making concessions to the Iranians, but is repeatedly misleading the representatives of the American people. Uh, and again, we've seen both Democrats as well 
as Republicans chase at this. So this is a real concern. If the president wants to imprint his legacy, his foreign policy legacy, okay, that's one thing. <laughs> I mean, we both agree, I think, that this is not a good agreement. But the effect it is having on the American political system, uh, our political consensus, I, I, I think the effect is, is, is horrific. And it appears that the president's just going to have his way, period, uh, because the Democrats in Congress will, in the end, stick with President Obama no matter what. Uh, then there's no, you know, in the... Uh, a division of powers, you know, theory. There's no the legislative branch to stand up and stop him. And this seems to be drifting over into Saudi uh, policy with Saudi Arabia as well, Lee, where I, 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 I'm trying to even understand how do the Saudis view us as their schizophrenic, dangerous neighbor who brings them over, you know, cupcakes one morning and then unleashes the dogs on them in the afternoon? I think the Saudis have. I think their view is pretty consistent. I mean, they've seen from the Iran deal. Uh, I think we should not under uh, underestimate the effect that the uh, Atlantic Magazine article, where uh, the president called our Saudi allies free riders as well as other allies, called them free riders and said they need to share the neighborhood with Iran. Um, I, I think the Saudis are pretty battered right now, and I think that they're not surprised when these different things pop up. Of course, the most recent, um, you know, the, the, the most recent manifestation of this is the, what I take to be, and I'm writing about this week for us at The Standard, is uh, an information operation uh, accusing, effectively accusing the Saudis of responsibility for 9-11. I mean, we've known since 2003 that the Saudis, uh, the Saudis were asking for this to be, um, for this to be declassified. The Bush administration said they were not going to be classified because they were worried. The president, President Bush, was quite clear about this about sources and methods, revealing sources and methods. The Obama administration is saying nothing of the sort. The Obama administration is hinting that they're uh, protecting, that they're protecting an ally from uh, from potentially damaging information, from too much scrutiny. So, and the Saudis are furious about this as well. They said declassify the pages. Let everyone see what they're about. It's not about the government supporting al-Qaeda. So we're making the Saudis look complicit as a nation in 9-11 by presenting this as us doing them a favor of covering up the crime, which is 180 degrees right. away from what President George W. Bush was saying at the time right. when these documents were classified. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we, we know that... Uh, we know that there were Saudi citizens. I mean, there were 15 Saudi sure. citizens on the plane, and they were all uh, commanded by Saudi citizen Osama bin Laden. And there were Saudis who uh, who gave money and who supported Al Qaeda. There's no doubt about that. The point here is that the administration is uh, has created a context where they're now suggesting that it was the Saudi government. And the reason they're doing this, I mean, it's a political campaign, right? Right. They're driving up Saudis' negatives to make their candidate, Iran, look better. They can't sell Iran on its own because of what the Iranians are doing. And everyone sees what the Iranians are doing. So if they can't sell Iran, they're going to try to drive up Saudi's negatives. That's what's happening. Yeah, that is a great analogy. It's one that I can get my mind around. So let's stop right there while I finally understand something, Lee Smith. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.